You are listening to Words of Jen, where I read to you one piece of my writing in each and every episode. This is Jen, and you are listening to Words of Jen, the 1997 series. This one is episode number 80, and it's titled Kinda Frazzled, which you'll see why shortly. The 1997 series is me reading a handwritten journal that I was required to write as part of student teaching back in 1997. And at the time, I figured I would do something with it, and it turned out to be this, the 1997 series. If you think you've missed an episode of Words of Jen, um, just to be clear, I'm doing this for part of Nowpod Pomo 2021. And in addition to Words of Jen, I have another podcast called Shattered Soulstone, which I released an episode of yesterday. So you didn't miss any Words of Jen. If you're interested in the Diablo video games, you can check out ShatteredSoulstone.com. But for now, I'm going to focus on this one. Tuesday, September 16th, 1997. What got accomplished today? And reflection. One, got the afternoon kindergarten bulletin board of geometric shapes done. I'm getting lots of positive comments about these. I also got the opportunity to use a fold-down bulletin board this time. The company that used to fill these boards with a poster that says, The Big Picture, went out of business and the principal wanted someone to use these boards. He thought I did a nice job on the bulletin boards he saw. Now, to clarify that, way back in the 1990s, and possibly slightly earlier than that, a lot of schools had these fold-down bulletin boards, and what they looked like was a very large bulletin board in hallways, wherever the school decided to allow the company that made them to put them, and you would pull down the plastic. It was like a thick not really like glass, it was like plexiglass or something, and you'd pull that down, it would fold, you know, it would like come down underneath the where, where the bulletin board was hung, and someone from that company would come and put up a large paper that covered the whole size of the bulletin board, and then they'd put the plexiglass or whatever back up. Now, sometimes those things were talking about good health, and like the kind of food you should be eating. Sometimes they were talking about studying hard, you know, it was this kind of thing. Well, as I said, whatever company it was that was doing that in 1997 or slightly before went out of business. So now they had schools that had hired these companies and paid for whatever they thought was going to be useful from these really odd bulletin boards. <laughs> that clearly weren't put up by the school themselves. They didn't have that anymore, so they had empty bulletin boards. So my idea of putting up a bulletin board didn't come from me seeing the empty space and going, hey, we could put the kindergartner's geometric art there, that would be great. Instead, it was because I was student teaching, and one of the things my professors really, really liked was bulletin boards. For some reason, this was just the thing they wanted to see the most. I suppose. So we did bulletin boards, and the principal was pretty happy because now there's something in the bulletin board that the kids might actually want to look at. So that worked out pretty well. To continue, 
Got to teach two second grade classes, basically unattended today. The first one, Mr. D snuck in when I didn't see to observe, and the second time he just observed the classroom. It went well. 3. Got to work with M again today, the second grader who... Oh, I wrote mentally handicapped because that was the correct phrasing in 1997. Today I would say, who has disabilities. Uh, he was functioning, functioning on about the age of a two-year-old, and this was a second grade class. He was able to do the paper making with help from me and his aide. Mr. D said it went well. 4. I expected Dr. Yu to arrive today, but he did not. Dr. Yu, I have been shortening everybody's name to their first letter, and schools to the first letter of the school, just to make it nicer, I suppose. And I was told originally that your professor, whoever he is that's your mentor guiding you through this, would come to visit during the first two weeks of school. That didn't happen. Mr. D and I talked about, well, what's going on with this? Figured maybe he didn't get the paperwork I needed to send him. I know I sent it. Eventually, Mr. Yu called and said, okay, I've got your paperwork, but I'm waiting on everyone else now. And we had no idea when he was coming. We thought maybe it'd be that day. It was not that day. 5. Got the paper making ready, cut, and soaked for tomorrow. 6. Graded one of the classes at L, paper making. 7. Separated the paper at M school. This paper came out really well, too. Now, when I'm talking about separated, um, we had a little issue with putting the paper making stuff onto glossy construction paper that formed an adhesive and it was really hard to kind of like peel that off of there so um, I was getting better with the paper making project as time went on and at the time I figured okay I've already made these mistakes I know what not to do if I ever want to do this in a classroom of my own someday I will have a head start because I've already made these mistakes and I shouldn't redo them because they were significant and they were troubling because I thought for sure I'd screwed up the lesson plan entirely but you know you can be flexible with these things I'm going to read you one more piece for this episode. It's from the next day. Wednesday, September 18th, 1997. Kind of frazzled today, but that's okay. And I wrote one of those, well, I drew one of these little smiley faces with like googly eyes and like a really uh, sort of squished up little mouth and an exclamation point, so... I think I must have had a rough day. I don't remember what it was, but let's find out. Got done today. Parentheses. Reflection. 1. Got to teach the three second grades at C school by myself. It went well, although there are things I could improve on. One can always improve, just like one never stops learning. And then I went into A, B, and C on this, so here's what my day was like at the time. A. The first class was a bit rowdy. All got their paper done, made, and had time to color too. However, they were very loud and had great difficulty staying quiet enough so that the students making the paper could hear me as I talked to them through it. I had one little boy who was out of his seat and arguing at another table every time I looked up, 
which was frequently. I think part of this problem was that the class just happened to be rowdy today, and part was because I did not check the seating chart the first thing, and thereby promptly establish order. Their teacher was also a bit late picking them up, which meant that this rowdy bunch had to stand in line longer. I did notice about seven kids that had followed directions the whole time, were listening, were quiet, and were standing quietly in line, not bothering anyone. I asked all of them what their names were and explained that I was making a list for their teacher with all the students who were listening and quiet all class, and who also weren't bothering anyone while they were standing in line. This seemed to make a few of them feel better. The quiet ones were visibly upset that I had to keep telling the class to quiet down, please. I think their teacher rewarded them in some way because she was very interested in who was behaving. I'm interested in discovering if positive reinforcement for good behavior makes as much an impact on these older kids as it did in the daycare situations I've been in. I am unsure about whether I will be at these schools long enough to see if this has any effect or not. It was a guess. <laughs> it was basically a guess. Like, if I reward the kids doing good... Maybe some of the ones that were rowdy might go, hey, those kids got something good from the teacher. You know, our, not me, the teacher, but their regular teacher for being good, and maybe they would change their ways. But again, I had 47 classes of students at three different schools, and I only saw them once every two weeks, each, each individual class for their art class, for 30 minutes. They didn't get a lot of art, but they got some. So that's where we were. There's more, however, <laughs> from this day. B. The second class went better. This group of kids came into the room much quieter than the first group, for whatever reason, and most of them found their correct assigned seats. Those who were in the wrong seat at least found the right table. I made it a point in this class to make it very clear right from the start that it was very important that they remember to stay quiet enough that they could hear the directions. I explained that if everyone was loud, it would be very hard to find out when it was their turn to make paper or to hear what to do next when they were making paper. They seemed to understand and accept this and stayed quiet enough the whole time. This class was done with about 10 minutes left over for everyone to finish coloring. Perfect. When their teacher came, I made sure she knew that the whole class was wonderful with following directions and staying quiet. She was very pleased to hear that. It seemed her class was having a really good day so far and she wanted them to continue. And then we had a break. So here's what we did on the break. C had a break in between before the next class which gave me time to make more pulp. This class was super. All of them came in quiet and every single one found their assigned seat. I let the class know that they did a great job with that and that they were the only class who had everyone find their right seat. This seemed to please some of these kids. I then began the lesson, same as before, stressing the importance of being quiet. As a result, and partially because of the already calm nature of the class, they stayed very quiet all class and worked hard on the coloring. I had their teacher tell me before I started the lesson that one of the boys had to go to the dentist at 1.15 and I was to let him leave class at that time. She also said he knew about it already, so after I explained the lesson, I made sure his table got to make paper first. His babysitter arrived early to pick him up, and I asked her if 
she had a minute so Jay could do his project. She said yes, he made his paper, and was on his way. I then recycled the sticky note the teacher gave me about it. I was wearing it on my shirt before then to help me remember. I figured the kids asking me why that was on my shirt would be a good way to keep it in memory. They did ask about it, too. I got everyone through and thought I had five minutes left. I started having them clean up, and Mr. D told me they actually had five more minutes before cleanup. No problem. No one had moved yet. I explained to the class that I had made a mistake and that they had more time. That was okay by them. Then their teacher came early, which was okay too. After a bit, they got to line up and go. One little girl said she pushed in chairs for me, so I thanked her for that. I told their teacher that, that her class was great with listening and following directions, and especially with keeping quiet. She was happy about that. Now we're on to part two of this day that was really long. Two. Mr. D. observed while I taught this last group and evaluated me. He wrote minute by minute what was happening in the classroom, similar to the way he gets evaluated, only his involves more paperwork. He was looking for things I did that could be improved upon and said he had a hard time finding things. Most of what he found was classroom management, which I feel I could use some more work in, and were minor things. I asked for a copy of my evaluation to include in my binder, but mostly for me so I could work on these things. Now the binder we're talking about is a three-ring binder, and at the time, uh, everything we did that had to do with student teaching and all the stuff we did that was like pre-student teaching type stuff required a three-ring binder, and you had to put in um, a journal of some kind, the one I'm reading to you now is probably the most extensive and lengthiest journal that I had to do as a part of all of this stuff because it was for student teaching. The rest were smaller, shorter intervals. And you had to take photos, as in using film and hoping the film came out of the artwork the kids did, and a, a number of other things that were in there. So this sort of thing. So that's the binders I'm talking about. We had to like fill that thing with everything we could to convince our mentor professor that we were doing a good job you know and so we just sort of stuffed them full of things so now I'm at the reflection part reflection we talked a little about why this last group was so quiet I said I felt that part of it was the nature of the group and part of it was due to him being in the room too he said some of it was that but mostly it was due to the way these particular kids are. I also noticed that not one of these kids voiced any displeasure about sticking their hands in the pulp. All other classes had at least one kid who complained that it was gross or icky or disgusting and that they didn't want to put their hands in the pulp. However, all kids did it without a problem. I think it must be cool to say it's gross. Mr. D said that, again, it was due to the nature of the kids. He mentioned that they were doing a bug project and were all out picking up bugs not long ago, too. What a great group. 2. I also got pulp ready for M on Friday, stuff to cut ready for the kindergarten on Monday, and started to peel the last batch of paper for Monday. And peeling the paper was, of course, for one of the what I thought to be botched papermaking artworks that the kids were doing. I've explained how that 
went sort of in previous episodes, so you don't need a reiteration of that. It was an ambitious project because it took a whole lot of extra work behind the scenes just to get the pulp ready and then to make sure you had like a streamline going of kids like next kid, next kid, next kid to get this stuff done, make sure they put their names on it and all this and then get it ready for the next group. So it was a lot. It was a whole lot. And uh, we got through it somehow. And I think the kids really liked it. I can't remember off the top of my head from decades ago what the other teachers thought about it, but I think they may have at least thought it was something interesting. I could have just been giving them coloring sheets, which would not be appropriate under a student teaching kind of thing. But, you know, you you try stuff, you learn, you see how it works. And by the time I was done, I was feeling very frazzled. And that's where I'm going to end this episode.